Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening and good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this simulcast on Witness Project and Prophetic Message, Blog Talk Radio. This is Chuck along with Deanna. And today we welcome as our guest, Peter Whiffen. Peter, are you there? Hello, I'm here today. All right, good. Well, we're really happy to have you with us. Peter is... uh, a deliverance minister and Bible teacher, and I don't know what else you do, Peter, but that pretty well covers it. So at this time, uh, we don't. What do you plan on talking about today? Um, I would like to talk today on just encouragement and uh, some uh, some things that God has shown me about that. Okay. Yes. Well, that sounds that sounds well, good. So I'm going to turn it over. Hi. Yeah. Oh, I'm here. So I want to just uh, welcome Brother Whiffen on. <laughs> Thank you. This is Sister Deanna. And uh, uh, Brother Whiffen, we, we had uh, Sunday school the other night in the middle of the night, uh, Chuck and I and uh, Brother Whiffen, we we talked and we just examined uh, the, the deep things of the Word, the things that he has researched. And I was just very, very impressed, brother, at the how profound some of the things that you shared. But take it away. That said, just go ahead and uh, go however the Lord leads you. Okay, uh, we, we could um, we could just pray and um, open up that sure. way. Um, uh, okay, just pray. Thank you, Father God. We love you and praise you. And we dedicate the, the message today to you. We ask you to come with us and be with everyone and be included together with us. We pray that the message today encourages and empowers and strengthens those that you love in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, um, um I could just start uh with my a little about me um if people don't know who I am and um I was not brought up in the church I was uh, 30 years old I did I was sent to Sunday school uh because the parents wanted uh the time uh without the children so we got sent off to Sunday school and uh, I was a shepherd in the play I remember that <laughs> but uh Thirty years on, I, I was over in the Fiji Islands, and this very lovely lady called Joy Whitaker took an interest in me, and she gave me a Bible. And uh, for some reason, I had the thought, I've never read it, so I will read it. So I started reading it and couldn't put it down for about three days straight. And I was on my own at the time, um, 
So I uh, just catnapped, started at Genesis. <laughs> um, they did mention that they had a church service, and uh, I thought I'd go down and have a look at that. And I went down there, and they said God was out the front. So I thought, if God is out the front, I want to know him. So I hope God was there. <laughs> I walked to the front, and they prayed for me, and something happened. And um, I, I believe that's where I was saved. Um, I was a chain smoker, and I started getting voices in my head that I could be the only smoking Christian. It's a bad habit. It'll go away one day. And I thought to myself, no one has said anything about smoking. So I will just um, ask the lady, uh, what is this? Uh, something funny is going on. And she said, I'll pray for you and you'll never smoke again. Now, I didn't know anything at this time about spiritual things. So I said, okay, but, you know, uh, this doesn't work. You can have the Bible back. I'm going. She said, no, I will pray. But to, to my surprise, they started to pray and the room changed. It went to glass and I could uh, see differently. And um, something came up out of my throat and a coughed out of my mouth and I saw it. It was a round ball with spikes. And all of a sudden my body started grieving and it was lost something. But I knew that something had left and that I was not a smoker anymore. Even though I still had the cigarettes in my top pocket, I threw them in the trash on the way out. So that was my introduction to deliverance right there when I, it was in 1990, May 1990 in the Fiji Islands. Now, from there, I was, um, uh, I felt the liquid love of God in my life, in me and all around me for months. And I, I was then two weeks later, I was in a little fishing boat and I got a message in my heart, asked them what sort of, uh, fish they want to catch because no one was catching anything and they're going to say a walu. So I go, uh, what sort of fish do you want to catch? And they go, walu, walu. Apparently that's the best fish in Fiji. And then I get a message, ask them how big they want it. They're going to say three foot long. So I, I, I sort of cheat a bit. I, I go, uh, do you want a three foot long one? And I'm really wondering what's going on here. And they say yes. So I make the husband of the lady that witnessed to me agree in prayer that we would catch a walu three foot long. And I said, give me the uh, fishing rod. We only had one. And it only had a, uh, a lure type bobber thing on it. So we're going along. And next thing you know, the line goes tight. And it's very hard to pull in. And we pull that fish in. And... Um, I'm jumping up and down. It's a walu, and it's a big one. So I'm thinking it's going to jump out of the boat. We better grab it and measure it. There's no tape. So we make a mark on the spear gun. Uh, it was a wooden spear gun. We cut a notch with a knife. And when we get back in, it measures exactly three foot to the millimeter if you were a carpenter and you were going to cut <laughs> a piece of timber. So I have a photo of that fish, and this is where... God uh, showed me how he talks to us and how the devil can talk to us. 
and uh, that was for later on in my life in uh, praying for people. So the still small voice in the heart, that's the, that's the gut feeling. Your still small voice, it's never wrong. Um, that's God. And in our mind, spirits can talk in our mind because they used to have a mind. They, uh, 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 you know, God breathed into Adam and, and he became a living soul, as we know. The breath is like the software of a computer. Adam's there, he's not functioning. God puts the software, the spirit into him, and he's activated, he's booted up, he's running. Unfortunately, we found out there's a virus. It's a spirit, comes into us and operates us, operates us in anger and all these negatives that, that are not what God designed us to be. So the call of the believer is to deliver, is to, is to be the be the antivirus, the software restore, so that we can function um, as we are. Now, I, I had God talk to me in my heart only a few times in 30 years, really. And I was walking around the shopping center uh, a few weeks ago, and the mall, and um, I'm just looking at the people waiting for my friends there to shopping. And all of a sudden, the same voice come, come in my heart. These are the objects of my love. It was the people I was looking to. These are the objects of my love. So I was thinking, wow, that really knocked me because I was just looking at everyone. So from that, I'm understanding that it's everyone made God's loving the world, even though the world was yet sinning he's wanting to restore the corruption because he loves us so once we can understand if we can grasp and hang on and hug and dance with the fact that god who made us loves us and it's realizing that we've been corrupted and, and then he doesn't like that and he wants to fix that. No matter what we are, where we're from, what's going on, he loves us. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a guy who had a field and he's planted his nice crop and he went away. And his enemy came in the night and sowed shares, bad seed among the good crop. This is what happened. This God rested on the seventh day. He institutes the Sabbath, I believe, to show that he's rested. There's no doubt everyone knows about the Sabbath. They know that God rested. Did God stop doing things? No. But he rested from making the creation. The, the, the creation had the blessing to multiply. God like, set it up and let it run. Multiply. Then the enemy came and mixed the seed, made the Nephilim, angels breeding with humans, made the giants. They're in the Bible and they're in history. We can see that the giant skeletons are popping up around the earth despite people from the world trying to hide them. We see the mermaid, a mixture of a fish and a human. 
And God the Creator, I believe, didn't want that. We see the elephant man in India, Gamesh. God didn't want an elephant and a man mixed. He said, breed after your kind. So what we find in in Job chapter 30, and if people want to know, it's a, it's a read, and it can be read with the view that this is the story of the mixed seeds, the living beings that were made from mixing the creation when they lost their bodies in the flood. God brings a flood and says, no, I don't want all this corruption. Scripture says, all flesh corrupted. I don't want this, God saying. So he brings the flood and delivers the spirits out of all the bodies. Now these spirits went to the caves and the forests. And in these uh, uh, scriptures in Job 30, it says they ate juniper uh, roots as their meat. We find that juniper roots means broomstick wood. And here we have the witches known for broomstick, brooms. I believe that they knew this. They went to the forest and they got the wood that the, that the demons liked to eat and they took it home, attracting spirits to their place so that they could do magic with them. It says that they help people astral travel in Job 30. It's make them fly on the wind. What happens is an angelic, and then you know we're dealing with fallen angels. One third of the angels fell, and we're also dealing with the mixed seed: part angel, part human, part human, part animal, and unlimited combinations of this mixture. And this is why in the deliverance area, every case is different. Every spirit in a person is different. There's a, uh, there can be a mixture of the marine spirits that were perverted and land spirits. There can be a mixture of all sorts of kinds with unlimited variations and varieties. Now, some spirits come out easier. I believe they're the ones that are not suited to the human body. They get in as a parasite and... They're not suited. So, so when we pray for those, the human body doesn't hold on to them as easy. But when we, when we have some that are more matched to the human body, they, the human body wants to hold it. It's like our soul can stay in the human body. It doesn't come out easy. We have to get near death before our soul will leave the body. So this is too with the evil spirit. If it's a closer match to the human, it, I believe the, the, the body is going to hold on to it. <clears throat> now, this brings encouragement uh, with understanding because to me, I, I, I saw that some people get delivered easier than others. And some are like battling and, and they, they're not getting their deliverance. And I used to ask why. And um, it perplexed me because I believe what I read and what I believe about the cross that God has made the universe is perfect and, and he's made his cross and that's perfect. By his stripes we're healed and all the promises around the cross is perfect. <clears throat> but here I saw people not getting delivered. And then I found some scriptures on the hornets. 
and I found a passage on Jesus said this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. So I, I'm trying to think of what is that kind. And if we have a look at the manifestation of the little boy in the passage where the disciples brought this little boy to Jesus because they couldn't deliver him, the little boy was, was taken over. He was thrown in the fire and there was symptoms that he had. That got me thinking that the spirit in him had access to his control centers. He had access to to take over the, the functioning of the body in that person. So we find some interesting passages up there about the hornets, uh, I believe. I haven't got it in my hand, but there, if you look them up, there's about three or four passages on hornets that God has given a promise to Joshua about the hornets. Now, he says some interesting things, and I'm saying this to encourage people who are having a hard time. The hornet is, uh, God's saying, not by sword, not by bow. Oh, there's a different method with this particular kind of enemy in the promised land. He's saying, I'm going to send the hornets in and drive them out from before you, but it's going to take a year. It's not all at once, lest the beasts of the field are going to multiply against you. So there's a reason in love why sometimes it's deliverance is a process that's going to take a little bit of time. So if uh, another scripture says is by patience, we redeem our souls. So if we dig in and go for the marathon, we go for the walk, it may take a year. Now, this, I believe, is the kind that comes out by prayer and fasting. Because when I look at the meaning of the names of some of these enemies that God's sending the hornets to, it says they're the talkers. They're they're the spirits that talk. Now, some people, when they manifest, as we know, speak. And the spirits are speaking through them. Because they've got access to the control centers of voice. That tells me that they're like more human-like because they know how to speak. So anyway, this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. So if we go on a fast, we weaken our body. It's like uh, simulating death, uh, but we don't have to go all the way to death. We can go part of the way, which will allow our body to release the spirit that's in there. And this is how we get the kind by prayer and fasting to come out what i'm suggesting uh and it's working is for for people to try one or two days a week um eating their dinner and then going right round to the next day and eating their dinner again this is the uh like a 24 hour fast just enough to weaken their body a bit and then pray deliverance while they're in that state so that the flesh can release the spirits and out they come. So uh, that's an encouragement for ones that are that are having a hard time. There's there's many things and many factors. It's the manifold wisdom of God. Uh, another area that I found uh, that was interesting was witchcraft and becoming a target of witchcraft. Uh, if we look at Ezekiel chapter thirteen. It talks about soul hunters. 
It says, I'm against you women who, who sow pillows and chiefs and hunt the souls of my people. That's um, believers uh, being hunted and uh, little known uh, how to defend from being soul hunting. So uh, we, we had a journey with that, uh, learning about soul hunting to help some and um, get people released from this soul hunting. In uh, Ezekiel 13, it talks about a swapping of something, a swapping of judgment or, or, or uh, it says those that should live die and those that should die live. And that... Um, that pointed out to me a swapping of judgment, a transfer. See, the um, by agreement, we can actually receive the sin of others, I believe. And this is this is called scapegoating, where the where the sins of Israel were transferred to the goat. Sometimes we can be put in a position by witchcraft to be that goat. Um, I had a case of a lady <laughs> from the U.S. and um, she had uh, relatives in Africa, and she hadn't heard of them much. And uh, all of a sudden, they contacted her, and they sent her a very, very expensive picture framed of their son. Now, her son was going to university at the time and going well, but all of a sudden, after that picture arrived, her son started failing. And their son started going well. And uh, we, we got the lady to um, burn the, the photo. She, she realized herself and burnt it. And then we prayed for the, for the transfer to restore, for it to, to reverse, that where she should live, she should live, and she shouldn't die. And it all turned around, and, and the son started passing again and, and behaving himself. So this is an area where some people uh, may not realize that they're caught up as uh, being hunted and targeted by, uh, by witchcraft. Uh, the next area that we found that is, um, can be an encouragement is for those that have been abused. Uh, we found in the, in the Bible the story of Tamar, his David's sister, um, she was raped by her half-brother. It's interesting to know that, that his name means faithful. And um, I'm going, oh, my goodness, his name means faithful, but he wasn't faithful. He, he not only raped her, but he, he locked her out of his life and uh, rejected her. Now, he did that, but the real damage in her life comes out of the story we can see where she tore up her coloured life. She put ash on her head. She put her hand against herself and she went around crying. Now, there was an uncle, Uncle Absalom. He said, don't tell anyone, that's your brother. So there was nowhere for the shame to go because it all stayed in the secret. Now, this is the, this is the Tamar syndrome. This is where we self-destruct because of some hurt from a faithful one. And it doesn't have to be rape. It can be, um, you know, uh, all sorts of scenarios where someone in your, in your life is supposed to be faithful and they've betrayed, they've betrayed that, that faithfulness. 
Now, it's interesting. She ripped up her coloured garment. That's the colour in your wife. If, if you hear uh, people talk, they say, oh, that's a colourful person, or this is a dull person. And this is the spiritual colour that God has given all of us with when we're being created, marvellously made. And this is the colour of our life. The trick of the devil is to get us to tear up that colour and us to self-destruct. If he can get us to do that, then we're doing his work for him. And it's a lot easier for him to get us to destroy ourselves than for him to destroy us. <clears throat> so I encourage people that may feel or may be relating to that to go to God and say, please forgive me for self-destructing. I understand now. I'm going to stop doing that. Help me to get the restore, the restoration of my color back in my life. Help me to help me to um, uh, help me to stop opposing myself. And um, I'm marvelously made, uh, Jesus. I'm special to you. I'm not worthless. You made me, dear God. I am not worthless. You died for me. You make it so that I can be restored. Now, I had a case of a lady that was a country and western singer <clears throat> when I first discovered this. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and she she'd stopped singing. And and she was crying because she stopped trying to do everything else, the course, and um, she's failing the course and going to be with a big student loan and no way to pay it back and all sorts of problems. So we talk about this and, and she realized that, that that was her situation. So so we went to God, uh, please forgive me from, from hurting myself and uh, help me restore. And um, she started playing music again. <laughs> she had some deliverance too. And uh, now I think she may even be going on tour with Willie Nelson. So uh, uh, there's an encouragement there for those that are uh, uh, find themselves without the colour in their life. You know, I heard of uh, people that beautiful-looking ladies can't find a husband. They're sort of out with their friends, and, and every guy overlooks them. Um, and, and their friends that are plainer-looking than them seem to get the boyfriend, and they seem to can't get one. And after prayer to get the color in their life, it's, it's the dullness in their spirit, in their soul, that makes them unattractive. Um, they've got no color, so they're not attracting the guy. They, they started to get uh, attracted. To, uh, they were attractive again in the spirit. And uh, that was making it easier for them to find a partner. So there's an encouragement there for ladies out there or men who, who find themselves they can never find a partner. Maybe that's the answer, you know. I don't know, but it might be. So this is a message to try and encourage that. This is the story of Tamar, and it's worthwhile looking up and reading it. Um, my uh, insight comes from knowing the name meanings. Uh, I, I found that uh, there's uh, meanings in the names, and the names in the Bible can point to problems and solutions to those problems. So those are the things that um, those are the uh, the areas. Uh, what I am also finding is people that are having uh, a hard time. Some are not water baptized. Um, John the Baptist said, <clears throat> "Make way for the kingdom. Make the way straight for the kingdom by getting water baptized." 
Jesus said it was to fulfill all righteousness. And we find a scripture that says grace works through righteousness. Uh, grace rules through righteousness. So what is righteousness? And um, could it be that righteousness is the right thing, the right way, things that are correct? And uh, grace is available to everyone, but, but is it ruling? Have we got the right way, the right thing going on to allow grace to rule in our life? So one of the things that uh, is the right way that can be a binding to us is that God says about vows. Uh, I, I believe a lot of people are bound with promises they've made, <clears throat> agreements and vows, which are still standing uh, it's very interesting. God says about vows that we uh, will perform them. Once you make a vow, you know you, you cannot get out of a vow. Uh, there's a story uh, of Joshua. Remember the story that Gibeonites came to Joshua and they, they made a pretense that they were from a long way away with moldy bread and worn out shoes. And they got Joshua and his men to make a vow, make a league, make an agreement. Now, that agreement stood 400 years later. Uh, King Saul, there was a famine in the land, and David prayed and said why, and it was because King Saul was going against the vow that, that Joshua made. And even back up in the book of Joshua, protecting these Gibeonites now, which were supposed to be killed, they now turn into allies, and God is with Joshua protecting them <clears throat> and even stops the sun to protect them. So um, we, we, a lot of times we'll go, well, I break the foul or I do this. You, you can't. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no, and anything else is from the evil one. So what he's doing is identifying that the evil one works through vows. And once we've got a vow, there's a binding there. There's a bond. Every parent will tell you, you know, if you make a promise to your children, you know, Dad, you said you'd buy us an ice cream. You promise, you know, and, and you have to. You feel the binding of that. So the good news is, is well, we're, first of all, we're, we're made kings in Revelation 1, right? We're made kings and priests. We're kings over our life. Once we make a vow, that becomes a law over our life. Yes, there's a law of the Bible, but there's also the law that we proclaim over our life. We're kings. When we make a proclamation, it's a law. So the good news is there's the king of kings, but the king of kings respects the king because the king of kings made the king. So how do we get vows sorted out? And God was showing me this. It's in, take a note, uh, Numbers chapter 30. <clears throat> the whole chapter <clears throat> is about vows. The whole chapter says that the husband can disallow the vow of the wife and daughter. <clears throat> it doesn't say son. So then I'm going, what's this? Oh, the wife and the daughter's the church. So the husband of the church can disallow the vows of the church on the day he hears it, see? So what we do is, is we say, God, please take my vows. I hand them to you. So now as a king, we're giving away our authority over our vows to the, up 
to the King of Kings and asking him to forgive the ones that are hurting us. And oh my goodness, this brings freedom, being caught. See, the Gibeonites got their vow done illegally. They lied. But God still held that vow up. It still stood. So even though we're tricked into vows, they stand. And there's also parents that put vows over children. They stand while their children have got authority. So we can hand up all our vows. We can make vows in dreams. Someone can be feeding us something in a dream, and and that's an offer and acceptance, a contract, a vow. So we can hand up these vows with a simple prayer and say, God, please take all my vows that are binding me and forgive me of the ones that are hurting me in the name of Jesus. Now, when I was first discovering this, I was praying on Skype for a real estate agent in the U.S. who couldn't seem to get prosperous. He he was poor. Um, He'd get many deals happening, but they'd always fall over. So we're praying about it. Nothing really is happening. And then I covered the vows, and I covered the vow in dream. Uh, Just hand up the vows of all your dreams to God. The minute he did that, he manifested, and we get this voice. He's rich. He's rich. He can't be rich. He can't be rich. He can't be rich. And um, and uh, to my surprise, I, I just said, come out. You come out of there. What are you doing to him? And the guy said it left, and all the uh, pain left his body. He had aches, and they left. And uh, from then on, the deal started going through and he's, he's prosperous today. So um, this is a vow that somehow he got tricked into making in his dream. So um, I hope that's helpful for people. You can pray that. You can encourage your friends to pray that. So what what I do to cover the ground um, when, when I, I usually get someone to pray for every day and, and what I do to cover the ground is, is, is these things. Number one, forgiveness. Yeah, people say they forgive, but no, no, not always they're forgiving. They're saying, I forgive them, God, you get them. You know, I forgive them, but God, you make them pay for what they've done. You know, I forgive them, but God, you toast them. They'll pay for that, you know, in the judgment. No, no. I get people to, I get people, and I do it myself, is to say, God, I'm so hurt, I feel terrible, I feel lousy, I want to kill them, but because you died for me, I want it off their record. Don't hold it against them. I forgive them. I don't want it even remembered. Forget it. I don't want people going to the pit because of what they've done to me. Please take everything they've done to me off their record. Now, that is a great prayer of forgiveness. So we cover that first. I cover the vows because unless you forgive, you can't get your vows to give them. The next step is vows. We cover the vows. And then the next step is we cover the witchcraft. We make a prayer, God, save us from the witchcraft, reverse any transfers of sin that's been sent to me where I've submitted or agreed and received the sins of others. Let that all be made righteous. 
and I'm finding that that those things bring so much freedom uh, straight away. So uh, one forgiveness, two vows, three the reversing of witchcraft. Then we may have a situation of prayer and fasting for the people that have those kind of spirit that only comes out with prayer and fasting. And that then requires some ongoing prayer, like you know, once a week or something, for a while until they come out. So, uh, is is that the that's something that uh, people can practically do, and uh, and to get free? Yes, absolutely. This is rich, brother. Um, I wrote that down: forgiveness, uh, then the vows, and forgiveness. For those that have done witchcraft against us, that pretty much nullifies the evil that they've done, basically getting it under the blood, would you say? Or or correct me yes. if I'm saying that wrong. Yes. Yes. And, See, um, we've got... We had a we've question. Yes. Go. Sorry. Well, we had a question in the lobby. Um and uh, my answer to this question was no, and I said I will ask you to explain, and you know the scriptural context. But I was asked if we could intercede, in other words, remitting sin um, for people uh, like Moses, like like Moses and Aaron. Um, that same prayer and binding those vows that are hurtful for another person. So I think that. Um I think that there's well I'm glad you brought up the subject of intercession because man God showed me something about intercession that's so powerful and I'd never heard it before <laughs> so I could talk about that if, if that would be of interest Amen. Well, okay, let's let's just head that way then. Uh maybe this is kind of a divine intersection. Um now, my thoughts on this, now I know that the word says, uh, whatsoever sin you shall remit shall be remitted, and whatsoever sin you shall retain shall be retained. However, um, you had uh, quoted the scripture to me, and I'm sorry I don't have it in front of me, but about uh, the how the only the Father could forgive the oath, and you had a specific way of walking persons through uh renouncing that can you share that how you sure how you do that and you did that with me sure you did that with me yeah <laughs> okay i remember yeah sure look the the o's the because we're kings the o's become law and uh the king of kings is is qualified to to override the, the law of a king once it's in place so what we do is we ask the father to forgive our oaths. We say, we hand our oaths, Father God, to you, and we ask you to overturn the oaths that are, and forgive those oaths that are binding us. And in this way, we can get the oaths forgiven because of Numbers chapter 30. It says that, that the husband's got the power to forgive the vow of the wife and daughter. So that's it. Um, we can well, talk um, about in- yeah, sorry go on no no um, go ahead I just was going to 
say the same thing. Why don't you go ahead and share what you had on your heart about intercession? Okay. Okay. I share about intercession because it's, I believe it's something that's been lost and um, it's so powerful. You know, all of us are praying for family and friends and everyone, and we, we wonder how to pray for them. And um, I looked at the story of how John the Baptist died, and it was a mixture of uh, actions of all sorts of different people. If we look at Herod like John, and we look, look at the wife of Herod wanted to kill John, but we look at the little girl who was given the, uh, the daughter that was given the promise of half a kingdom, and she really got ripped off. Uh, what did she get out of the deal? And uh, she, she could have said, I'll have John the Baptist's head and a chariot and a new house and a new wardrobe. But she didn't. And she was just hoodwinked into into the death of John. So that showed me that there's a spirit working in the people to create a circumstance. So, you know, a lot of times we think, well, all our problems are us. But but sometimes it's also spirits working in people that have got power over us or influence over us or interaction with us. For instance, family, for instance, a boss, uh, it can even be the postman loses a check in the mail. So what do we do about that? How do we intercede? Oh, yes, we can, we can bind because we've been given all power over the darkness. You know, we bind every spirit working against us. But there's a, there's an interesting passage in um, Judges chapter 4. <laughs> and uh, if we look at Judges 4 and 5, we, we see the passage of uh, some ladies, which I believe is type and shadow of the church again. We see J.L. and um, we see a dude called uh, Sierra. Sierra's name means battle array. And uh, there was a war going on, and uh, C. Sierra was dismounted off his chariot, and he, he went to the house of J.L., and uh, he was thirsty, and, and he asked for water. But, but it's interesting. She didn't give him water. She disobeyed what he asked, and she gave him milk. And, and I'm going to myself, what is this? Why is the scripture even bothering <laughs> to tell us about this? So um, it says that he went to sleep and she covered him. Now, if that isn't enough, you go on further in Judges chapter 5 and she, it says she gave him butter from a royal dish. And I go to myself, what, what is this? Why is it saying that? And then it dawned on me, butter is made by churning up milk, stirring milk. And... After researching these sort of questions, it came up, why does God call it the land of milk, the land of milk and honey, the promised land? The promises are milk and honey flowing. Why? And um, I, I couldn't at first answer that question, and um, it, it was bugging me. So um, we find here that she overcame the battle array by feeding him milk, and that covered him. Then I found out some very interesting scriptures on the milk. Uh, if we go to Judges uh, chapter 4, verse 19, it says, And he, she, Sierra, battle array, said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. 
this milk, this milk, in Isaiah 55 verse 1, it says, Come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who, there's water, but he who has no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. What is that? So what we have here is in other places, the Apostle Paul says you need milk to grow in salvation. And our understanding had been, my understanding from all the teachings had been that milk was just teaching. But it, I found out it's not. Milk is God's love and milk prayed on our enemies is the love of God sent to our enemies. For instance, you, you have someone boss persecuting you at work. You can pray, dear Father God, please send your love to that person. Please put to sleep the spiritual wickedness that's afflicting that person. Please let your love come, love him and let them see the truth. See, this is Jesus saying, love your enemies. This is how we love our enemies. We call the kingdom of heaven, God's love, to come to our enemies. Please, God, if it's your family, send your love to my family. Send your love to mom and sister, brother. Send your love and put to sleep Sierra, the battle array in their life so they can see clearly. And this is the powerful intercession. Intercession is done with love. Now, <laughs> if you're in an argument with someone, there's someone's fighting you. We've tested this. You can say, where's the love? Is this love going on here? Now, I taught this to my children. One of my children was getting in trouble with the mum, and the mum was, you know, just about to hit her or something. And uh, she said to the mum, where's the love? And she said, Dad, the mum just sat straight down. <laughs> she, uh, I, I was uh, caught in the middle of a traffic jam in the middle of an intersection and, and uh, the police call, pulled me, the only car, out of the intersection and was going to give me a ticket. And the, they're in the window of my car just yelling at me, how dare you stop like that? And they're getting very nasty. And I looked out, the, they were behind the car making phone calls and they're going to throw the book at me. And, and I looked out the window, I looked up to the sky and I said, God, where's the love? And, you know, they came back to the window, they said, listen, um, look, we're just going to let you off for the lowest ticket possible. I think it was $15 or something. And the whole thing changed around. The first time I got shown this, uh, I was on Skype with a lady. Her, her little boy wouldn't go to the toilet. He's four years old, still in nappies, won't go to the toilet. Every time he sees the toilet, he screams. Something scares him. Now, the little boy wasn't even there. And we prayed for the love of God to come into the family. That's all we prayed. Next day, the, the boy went to the toilet, and he's been to the toilet ever since. See? Uh, Song of Solomon says, uh, verse 5, uh, Song of Solomon 5.1, I am come to my garden, my sister, my spouse. I've gathered my mirth with my spice. I've eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I've drunk my wine with milk. Oh, friends, drink ye, drink abundantly, O oh, beloved. Offer 
to drink the milk, drink in the love of God. It's the love. So intercession is done with love. How's that? That's just incredible. I mean, I'm I'm like wow. <laughs> I'm just um, I want to uh, take a moment just to let people know that might be listening in on Blog Talk Radio. We are simulcasting on Witness Project on XLR. And um, you can locate our our extended programming over there. It's mixlr.com forward slash witness project. And we so we we simulcast the blog talk show on Mixlr, but then we have other programs that we play on Mixlr. So if you go over there, you can hear uh, more of of this programming and. Brother Peter, I would love to have you back. You could just you could just teach Bible study every week. <laughs> we just love it. It's just awesome what you what you bring to the table. And speaking of, that's another thing. I'd like to um, I'd like to have you tell the people who might be listening in for the first time, maybe they've never heard you before, about the names amplification Bible that uh, you're going to be publishing very soon I hope and also uh, Deliverance at the Table and I'm getting a copy okay. of that by the way but yeah, yes. let, let everybody know these are the things the, yes <laughs> these are the things that can really help <laughs> you know because, because God loves us and he's, he's given us a way and uh, you know, um, if we have a look, we can we can see the way. It's the honor of kings to search a manner out, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, amen. Some of these yeah. words that you have identified and you've brought to my understanding, you know, I've read in the text and they just kind of fly by because I didn't really have the understanding. And then understanding the, the meaning of the milk and the honey, that has just exploded yes. in my in my brain, and I want more. And uh, okay. somebody asked, "Are we taking prayer requests?" And yes, we will. Uh, we will open up the lines at the end, uh, towards the end of the prayer. I mean, of the program. And uh, but deliverance at the table that you wrote, that is another very profound and effective. Uh, method of getting deliverance can you tell the people a little bit about that yes yes i can sure i'm happy to um i asked a question you know it's good to read the bible and ask questions i asked a question why are you setting up a table in the presence of our enemy in psalm 23 and i didn't know why like, to me, in my natural mind, I'm thinking, why doesn't God set up a sword or set up a shield or set up a helmet or set up something to fight our enemies with? And it's a table. So I got the answer of why it's a table. And it's the communion table. Jesus says in, in a passage... I'm hereby given a kingdom. I'm being given a kingdom by my Father, and I hereby give it to you so that you can eat and drink 
in my table, at my table, in my kingdom. So the table is in the kingdom and the kingdom is inside us and inside us is the judgment table of the Lord. There's judgment for our enemies at the table. What is that judgment? That judgment is the judgment for the cross. Someone must pay for the meal of communion. It is the payment for the blood and the body of Jesus. So this is the um, reason a table is set up in the presence of our enemy. Now, I found deliverance in the Old Testament. (laughs) Oh, man. It's very interesting because Queen Sheba was delivered at the table, at King Solomon's table. Now, King Solomon's name means peace, and Queen Sheba's name means sevenfold oath. So here we have now the oaths that bind delivered at the table. It says in First Kings chapter 10, the Queen Sheba uh, had came with hard questions. And it says in verse 5, uh, it says in verse 4, And when Queen Sheba, seven or an oath, had seen all Solomon's peace wisdom and the house that he had built, and at the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers, Uh, on the rest of that passage, sorry. Let me find it uh, quickly here. Um, sorry about that. I'll just find it. Mm, One Kings, no problem. Take One Kings 10. Um, page I had it printed on. It's sort of like missing. Okay, First Kings chapter 10. It's very profound because it, it tells us that, that she was bound with um, she was bound with us. It says at uh, verse five, at the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. So she was still alive, and I believe she got deliverance. And this is why she raved about him. And this is the communion that's so important. Uh, when we talk about communion, um, Jesus said, if you don't do this, you'll have no part of me. And Jesus' name means Yahweh is salvation. And salvation is the restoration, the deliverance, the healing not just making it to heaven. It's the restore of the creation from the corruption. So the communion is important. And if we have a look, Apostle Paul says, if you come and eat it in an unworthy manner, you'll die. Why? Because there's judgment there. So what I suggest for people having a battle is to have communion every night at dinner time. The new day is the night time when the sun goes down. Cover your evening, cover your dreams with the with the prayer of communion. Have a communion meal at home and, and, and ask for your inheritance. 
say, God, I receive my inheritances earned for me with the blood and body of Jesus. I receive it. I, I let your, all my requests be made known here. God, I need the rent. I need a car. I need a job. I need a husband. I need this. I need that. Let it all be known at the communion. I receive my blessing, my inheritance, and do the communion at home every single day and watch things turn around. I, I call for judgment on the spiritual enemies. I call for your love to come on my enemies, the people that... that that are afflicting me. Let your love come in their life. Do all your prayers at communion. <laughs> That's what I set the tables for. How about That's that? That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> it's changed a lot. It changed a lot for people. Um, yeah, I bet it. I bet it has. Yeah. I have several several questions that may be a little bit off subject that I'd like to ask, and one that I'm not really. I don't have a full understanding of is when Jesus was washing the feet of his disciples. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little bit about why he did that? What the the purpose of that was? Okay. Um, I'm happy to, because that's the other place, Chuck, you know, um, where, Mm -hmm. thank you for that question, because that's the other place. There's only two places where Jesus said, if you don't do this, you have no part of me. And in the washing of the feet, it's interesting. He says to Peter, you don't know what I'm doing now, but you'll know later. Now, Peter's got his foot in the bowl. How does he not know what Jesus is doing? There's another meaning. That's why. Now, if we take Romans 1 as a very key to understanding Scripture, Romans 1 says that the natural things showed the unseen things of God. I believe that God has made the whole creation to show us about him so we can actually see in the natural what happens in the unseen. And that's Romans 1. So if we have a look at what is dust, and God said to Adam, cursed is the ground, dust you are, dust you will return. The dust represents the curse. So I believe. So So what it is, is is that walking in the world, in the natural, you walk up, you know, the Roman road, you're going to get dirty feet. And Jesus said, Peter said, wash me all over. And Jesus said, no, you don't understand. You're clean, but you need a wash. So walking in the world, we're clean, but we get cursed. Uh, You know, we can cut someone off in the traffic and they can curse us or something just by living in this valley of the shadow of death. So we get cursed. So the washing of the feet is deliverance. It's washing the curse off by prayer for each other. Jesus said, if you don't do this, you don't have part of me. So So when I'm praying deliverance for someone, I believe I'm helping to wash them from their clean, but just wash off the curses of the world get the dust off their feet. That's what that uh-huh. is. Hmm. All right. Well, well, I never heard that before. That's that's interesting. Because you don't hear very much teaching on that. So no, I'm glad it's that like you, teaching. Glad. Yeah, yeah, it's like te- teaching that oh, I'm humble, I'm washing someone's feet. No, it's not about Jesus there. Jesus was doing the humble thing. He said, you have to do it to each other. But he said, later you'll understand, Peter. And later, uh-huh. Peter understood he was doing deliverance for people. 
I see. Mm. That's that's tremendous. The other question I have, I don't. Yeah, oh yeah, that's very encouraging. Now, uh, I don't know. If, I don't know why the, I've got this question, but I know, you know, we all know Jesus paid an incredible price at the cross for our salvation, mm-hmm. and in addition to uh, bringing sons and daughters into the kingdom because of His love for us, is there anything else? that's going to be a payback for Jesus for what he did for us. What else is he going to get besides uh, sons and daughters? Or or those of us who love and obey him uh, brought into the kingdom, is there anything else that that uh, he's going to receive besides that? And, you know, in payment for what he what he did for us. Um, I, I, I believe now that um uh, if we if we look and try and understand what Jesus did, we can we can start to see some things. That um, the Bible teaches that there were two species of human beings. One was Adam, and the other one was Jesus, the second Adam. Uh, the first Adam had a lot of children. The second Adam was cut off before he could have children. So uh, what was lost was the descendants who can speak of them. Now these descendants. Um, uh, we, we reap what we sow So Jesus sowed his descendants And now reaps them This is how we can be born again But there's more to it Because not only did the descendants die And these descendants technically could have lived forever Because they didn't have the curse of Adam on them Of eating from the tree Because God was the father So also what died was all their income You can imagine someone Uh what work they could do all their life forever. You can imagine if they had children that lived forever, what what they could have done. So in this way, I believe Jesus bankrupted. He, his payback bankrupts the known universe. The universe is bankrupted. Now the, now, the payback for the cross is us being born again to replace those children that were lost but it's also the judgment of Satan. Um, What happened is, is that, uh, as we know, the angels came down and they made um, babies with the the men, so they made a half-breed. Now, we got a problem with the half-breed because, uh, or God had a problem, because how do you do judgment on a half-breed? Do you do it on the laws of man, or do you do it on the laws of an angel? And if you do either one, you're, you're out of righteousness in terms of the other one. If you judge the fallen creature on the laws of man, what about the angelic part? So here we have the lawless. But what we have at the cross is, is that we have Satan entering Judas and then selling Jesus for the silver and then kissing Jesus in the betrayal. So now we have fallen angel and man partners in the guilt of the cross. So what we have from there now is is now those fallen mixed creatures can be judged from the cross righteously. So not only is it about us being saved, it's about God able to deal with the corrupted creation and repair it all. So everything will die and everything will be risen again. 
Like when we have a uh, rotten, say we have a, an apple with a black spot on it, how do we fix that? If we cut the spot out, it's not fixed, it's just doctored. But we have to plant it. So what's happened is, is that we are all seeds. There's two types of seeds. The first seed is the seed of Adam. That seed will be resurrected to judgment. We're planted when we die. The second seed is the seed of Jesus. And if we die with him and we're raised with him, when we die, we're raised with him incorruptible and outside the judgment. We pass from life to uh, death to life. So the question is, is that everything must be crucified. We see that everything's crucified because Jesus is the first of all things. He's crucified and we are crucified in him. That means everyone else is crucified, but they may be crucified in their own right and feel the pain of it. Satan is crucified. We, we see him have to be reaping the cross. And we see him as an example. Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness on a pole. That's like a type of crucifixion. And that uh, snake is now, when we looked on that crucifixion, we look on the judgment of Satan, we got healed. They all got healed. So the cross uh, brings back to God the, uh, the repair of the whole creation. Could, could that help that type of answer? Oh, yes. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. I think I think Deanna's got a question. Okay. Deanna, are you there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she mess she mess she messaged me that she had to run to the door to answer the door, so that's okay. All right. That's fine. So it's about now, it's about more, you know. There's a lot more than what we realize and it, I don't realize everything. I just realize there's a lot more, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, I know there is. You can study the Bible for a thousand years and and never really learn everything about it. It's just amazing. <laughs> is it? You know, there's a million words in it. Um, and oh, really? <laughs> in the King James, there's fourteen thousand words, out roughly, and two thousand seven hundred of those words are names. Wow, seventeen uh, percent. <laughs> well, I know, I know. All one of the one of the things about the Bible is that all the names have a meaning, and if you go through and start pulling out the meanings of the names, that's a there's a lot of revelation in that also. Yeah, and 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 the names really may as well be in Chinese. We don't know what they mean, but but if you <laughs> have a look at have a look at the uh, the name Cain and Abel, Cain's name means possession. Abel's name means the breath. So there's a message there. Possession kills Mm -hmm. the life, kills the breath. See? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just there. And and it's all full of it. (laughs) It's all full of it. Oh, really? Well, uh, let me just... Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. No, I was just going to say... Go ahead, Peter. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. You go. Well, I was just going to uh, let everybody know that our guest right now is Peter Whiffen. And if you want to ask Peter a question, you can post it in the chat room on Witness Project. Or you can actually call into the program. Our number is 646-716-5808. And once you can hear the program on your phone, 
press 1. That'll put you in the queue and let us know that you'd like to talk to Peter and ask him a question. So, okay, go ahead, Peter. Cool. If you take the crossing of the Jordan, if we just take the name meanings, we get Reuben as the first tribe across. Reuben crosses the Jordan. It's uh, The Jordan is divided between two cities. Um, so if I just go with the names, you get this fantastic message just in the meaning of the names. Reuben means behold a son. So we get behold a son crosses the Jordan, which means the descender. Behold a son walks across the descender, parting him between Adam and his distress. Just in the mm. names. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, 33,000 scriptures are affected by names. Oh, that's How amazing. How can we understand the color of God's message if we don't know what the name meaning is? I believe the enemy has taken away the understanding of these names to diminish our understanding. No one yeah, believes that. Yeah. yeah, no one's ever done this project, the Names Amplification Bible. When well, I that's checked, awesome. Yeah, and it was given to me to do. <laughs> it's taken four years. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Deanna's trying to come on. Deanna, are you on? Are you there? I guess we're just not hearing her. I'm trying to switch her around here to see if we can get her on online. No worries. Are you there, Deanna? Hello. Well, there's something wrong with her Skype. So. Oh, I'm trying to think of another question here. So you've been working on this for four years to uh, interpret. Is this all the names in the Bible? All the names. And it's all done. Um, I've just got the printer's, printer's draft here now, and I'm checking to make sure a final check. And uh, then it's all systems go for the printing of the first print run. And, now, uh, how much? How many how many thousands of pages is this book going to be when it's printed? It's a thousand and fifty pages. <laughs> thousand and fifty. Thousand fifty pages. It's um, uh, I've got no notes in it. It's just the King James, and it's got uh, the meaning of the names in it, and no notes, no commentaries, nothing. It's a it's just a pure Bible. Uh, I, I believe we should be reading the Bible, nothing else. So. Uh, you know, to, to start, there's nothing else in the Bible while we're trying to read it. Because, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I got Bibles with commentaries in them, and my eye just keeps going to the commentaries all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, how do you, where do you go to find out the names of, the meanings of the names in the Bible? The, the concordance, uh, the Hebrew and Greek concordances give you the meaning okay. of the names. Now, okay. uh, so, most of the names are, are, are known, and uh, there were some issues with some of the names. There's some meanings lost on some names, uh, not many, uh, but uh, I was able to research and find the, uh, the best meaning. And I, I was really uh, convicted, you know, like, I don't want to change the Word of God. Uh, I don't want to change it, and, and I want to make sure this project's an honorable project. And I prayed, and, and God said to me, Whose project is it? <laughs> and I mm-hmm. said, well, you, you gave it to me. And he said, call it how you see it. 
and it, and it gave me peace to put in. And I've got a website, uh, namesamplificationbible.com, and um, people can um, people can uh, email me, and um, I'm open, you know, to uh, some names have got a few they different ones you can call for for that name, and uh-huh. uh, I just had to, I just had to call it. But basically, you read this Bible, the revelations that hit you just knock you over. And uh, I, I had to actually stop. I had to stop so I could do the project. <laughs> I just couldn't wow. handle it. I was getting overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what, we're going to give people a chance to call in, and uh, we're going to take a little break here. Take a little music break for about four minutes. Everybody can take a break, and then we'll come, we'll come back. Okay. And I'm sure uh, Deanna is going to try to reconnect on Skype so she can come in and ask some questions. So. Okay. So we will be right back with Peter Whiffen after this uh, musical break. This is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. I 
everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the brokenhearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Give me your eyes Lord, give me your eyes Okay, we are back. Deanna, I think you're there now. Um, I am Deanna. here. Can you oh, can yes. you hear me now? now we, oh, yes, I like oh, that's awesome. Well, okay, let's just continue on. I'm sorry for the uh, interruption. Uh, uh, we fixed the audio that wasn't working. The mic wasn't working quite well. Um, quite right on MixLR and when we did that we got our volume level set and we were all happy until I found out you couldn't hear me on Block Talk <laughs> so oh, anyway <laughs> could be a circus sometimes but it all seems to be working now and I'm just happy about that and uh, so thank you for your patience um, Brother Whiffen, this is just so profound. I mean, I, I, I've i been over here just sitting on my hands to try to keep myself from busting in on you guys. Uh, maybe it's good that my, my mic wasn't working because this just, this just really in, intrigues me and I thirst to understand this. For instance, for instance, the meaning of dust, uh, you know, God cursed the ground. And the dust that we shake off of our robes, okay, the the curse is in the ground. And I am wondering if when, for instance, when you're doing deliverance, could you possibly, uh, could you possibly remit those curses to the dust, command, command them to go once the uh, sins are renounced? Or I'm not sure if that makes sense, but... Um, to cast I make it the off. snakes eat them. Okay. God said to the snake, "You will eat the dust." Yes, he sure did. Yeah, you, you demons, everything you've caused, you're going to eat it. We've got the power to execute the judgment on the dark kingdom. So they have to swallow what they've done. They don't like it. No, I wouldn't either. Mm. Have you? See, have you that, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Go, go ahead with your question. That's fine. Uh, well, I was just going to ask if you've done any uh, study on the Bible codes and what you think about those. 
Well, I, I, I know from doing the names Bible that it would be impossible for any human to write the Bible. Because how could you name people and places and mountains and valleys and rivers and cities and then get certain actions to be done and be recorded? And it all winds up with a message. It's just no man could do that. Yeah, there's a man who uh, years ago, well, he actually devoted his life to it. And for the likes of me, I can't remember what his name was, but he studied Bible numerics. I mean, I know that guy. And, I know of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think yeah. He's, too. Yeah. Yeah. He studied Bible numerics and the that Bible since. Yeah. It's my understanding that uh, numbers in Hebrew and in Greek are written with letters of the alphabet. And so there's numeric values in there in all of the, you know, the letters that were used to write the, the Old and New Testament. And that it's a perfect numeric pattern that if anything is changed, it breaks the pattern. And then yes. we know that something has been changed. Correct. So that is that is quite a quite amazing. And this is this is the seal of God. There's a book that was written, the seal of God, but this is the seal of God on the scriptures and on creation. You know we have no. uh after doing this Bible project, I have no doubt in my mind that God wrote the Bible. It's, uh-huh. it, it, no man could have supported the Bible. No, no way, no. So, we, so we can have faith in the Bible. That's right, Deanna. Go ahead. I was saying, Amen. Um, I think that one, uh, you know, if a person were listening in and they had never uh, done any research or knew anything about Bible codes, I think there's a bit of a caution. To, to put out there and that is that um, predicting the future by doing you know computer searches on say the English translation or something is uh, is nothing but divination so you know don't don't use software that they've uh, made for such things as that but the research the real verifiable research that has gone into this that is uh, is done on the original Hebrew text as unmistakably has the fingerprint of the creator on, upon it. Um, so that said, I just wanted to, to say that because some some people, they, they think, oh, these Bible codes are cool and, oh, look, I can get the software and I can look up things. And, you, you know, you can you can really kind of go off on a rabbit trail there. It's not the same thing as the, um, as the original Hebrew text. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, that's all I wanted to say about that. That's good. It's all good. And um, uh, with the names Bible, there's so much in there. I- I'm actually hoping with this Bible that, the revelations burst forth all over the world with the saints of God. And those revelations get shared and empower the people to get delivered, to get free, and to overcome in this life. And um, it's not all my revelation or what I get. I'm hoping, I know the revelation's going to 
burst forward and that's needed for these days. You know, it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you are if you could give us, uh, you know, I'm always interested in uh, hearing from deliverance ministers and their experiences mm-hmm. with getting people people delivered. And I wondered if you could share with us one or two of your most interesting deliverances. Okay. Um, I, I had one. Um, we, we had them uh, happening, and um, my my daughter and her husband got ordained in, in a local church up the road here, and I, I went there to for the day. And um, while I'm there, there's a lady in front of me, and you know, people turn around, say hello, and she said hello, and and uh, I just said to her, you know, about deliverance, and she said, oh, could I uh, come up to her place? because she looks after an elderly guy that's had voices in his head all his life and uh, schizophrenia diagnosed and, and could I go and help? I said, sure. So uh, next week I, I made an appointment and we went up there. Oh, I went up there. And um, she's taken me to see him and, and he lives in a little uh, unit attached to their house. And I'm just going through the usual, the forgiveness and the vows and the witchcraft. And uh, she decided to say the renunciations in the prayers with him to support him. And uh, next thing you know, she manifested. And um, something took her over. Her hands went down beside her her body and her eyes rolled in her head. And and, uh, then things started speaking out of her. And... um, uh, I found myself with the guy. <laughs> He's helping me pray for her instead of her helping me pray for him. And um, wow. she had, yeah. Now the interesting part of this whole uh, me, yeah, she she got some deliverance, and then we had another meeting at my friend's place, Peter Johnson. She got some more deliverance, and um, uh, it's interesting. We 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 called out for the spirits in her to be crucified. And um, this, I believe, is the reaping of the cross. And uh, her hands went out like in the crucifixion position and her head went back and and screams as these things left. And uh, that was interesting. Um, uh, I'd found out from, from her, her husband is a... Is a uh, like equivalent to a marine in in the army, and um, uh, uh, we we covered the payback of of, of death, killing, blood. Uh, if we have a look up in um, uh, Genesis chapter nine, God's talking to Noah, and and God's saying to Noah that if you kill, men will kill you. And he even said that to the animals. If the animals kill a man, by man they will be killed. And here we have God taking animals into judgment. So um, we covered the connection with the husband to the murders that had happened through his job. Oh, my goodness. The, the spirits in her went crazy as they came out. So this is the um, connection to murder by... Uh, uh, agreement Um, we have to watch our agreements Um, 
you, you drive someone down um, to do a murder. If you're in the car, you're taking them to the hospital to get an abortion, which I believe is murder. You'll uh, you, you'll get connected to that. Um, I, I had a, uh, a Skype meeting. You're just talking to some ladies. The next thing, one lady starts this evil laughing, and it was about murder. About we were talking about abortion, and uh, I questioned the spirit uh, or cast it out. It, it came out. And I, I said to the lady, did you, did you have an abortion? She said, no, but, but I drove someone to have one. Uh. So, yeah. So, so whatever we agree to, we can, we can connect and we can be fine or we can be a bit, you know, uh, unfortunate and be connected to these things. Now, <laughs> the, the lady got deliverance, so that's fine. The next thing, there's a knock on my door before Christmas, and there's the guy with the voices. So he comes in, and, and i got some other people here I was praying for, and, and they helped me, and, and we prayed for him. And he did, uh, the, uh, he did a couple of deep coughs, and then, to my surprise, he looked up, and he said, the voices are gone. And, and I don't know myself. I, I feel weird, like the voices, it's gone. And uh, <laughs> he's shaking my hand, and he left, and... <laughs> he's he's left, and, you know. Because see, me, I, I'm used to having a big fight, you know. Like I, I get the hard cases, and I have to fight for for weeks and months sometimes, and a long time with some people to get them free. So so when I get customers that come in or people that come in and they get free straight away, I go, wow, I, I get surprised. So yeah, don't I you wish ran. they were all that? E- don't you wish oh, they were yeah. all that easy? Oh man, you know they I come wish. come to the door and. Okay, you're delivered. Goodbye. Have a nice yeah. day. Yeah, thanks. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just run into him, and and he, uh, I just run into him last week down at the shops, and and he's shaking my hand. He's not letting go of my hand. And, and I said to him, you know, did they come back? Because I'm really interested in real freedom, not not pretend. You know, did you get free of those voices or not? You know. And, and he said no, that they didn't come back. So there we have a guy that's had voices all his life. Amen. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> he's just he's just trying to get used to not having them there anymore. I guess that takes some getting used to. Yes, and and no, this is that what would I be lonely. That would be lonely if you if you heard you know if you talk to voices all the time and and I know that that sounds funny, but um, have, but that is actually a. a a valid point in that sometimes when people get deliverance they of something that they've had their whole life then they don't really know themselves without that thing or maybe they they thought that was part of their personality like somebody that gets angry you know all the time has a real flashpoint temper and they get delivered and then when they have the peace of God they they don't they didn't even realize that that wasn't part of their personality, that that was a spirit of uh, murder, of, of hatred and anger. Um, have you seen that too, Brother Whiffin? Yes. Um, some people have to get used to their deliverance. And this is one reason why I think sometimes it's precept upon precept, step by step, and God knows, and he's delivering them with what they can handle and retain. 
Mm-hmm. Have you ever had, I've heard this from one deliverance minister that I listen to regularly, and he said that there have been times when he's gone to deliver somebody and they didn't want to give up their demons. They were so used to them. They you, couldn't you imagine, they, yeah, they couldn't imagine not being, not having that demon in them, in other words. Yes. yes. That's amazing. And, and, it's, and that's Joshua with the Gibeonites. You know, once he'd made a league with them, he was stuck with them. And, and, and yeah. Israel didn't get their full inheritance. There were some spirits they didn't, I believe the walk in the promised land is the walk of a person in deliverance. So that they didn't get all the kings destroyed. You know, they didn't get everywhere. Yeah. But, uh, there was 31 kings there. So um, we, we have to be ready. God knows. God knows. Um, and, um, yeah, some people will keep their spirits. They keep the spirits and they'll die with them. It doesn't mean they're uh-huh. not going to have. It just means their walk in this world is more handicapped than it could have been. Yeah. Now, earlier you were talking about when doing deliverance, you you crucified the demons. I've never heard that before. Mm. What is that all about? That's judgment. Judgment. That's, uh-huh. that's the judgment on the demons. Um, we find that uh, Jesus said an interesting thing. I think it's in Luke 21. Remember when they came to arrest him and, and he's gone... Um, you could have arrested me in town, you know, that you come mm. out like I'm a thief. He, he said, interesting, nevertheless, it's your hour and the power of darkness. So so Jesus is identifying that it's the power of darkness also arresting him and crucifying him. Mm. And this, this brings the guilt of the cross onto the powers of darkness. So... Uh, man, God is not mocked. What a man sows, he will reap, and what they've sown, they will reap. Now we see this in Moses lifted the snake on the pole, and it was on fire in the wilderness. And when they looked at that, they got delivered from the snake bites. Uh, we also look at remember um, Abraham is, is sacrificing Isaac, uh-huh. and 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 Isaac. Uh, the angel says, you know, don't, don't kill Isaac. So Isaac gets off the altar. But there's a ram. And I believe the ram is Satan. He's caught in the, in the thorn bush. He's caught in the bush of sin with his own power, his own horns. And he becomes a sacrifice. So it's, see, the, the sin, the sin doesn't just end with Jesus taking it on the cross. The ones that caused him to go to the cross have to pay for it. It must be paid for. So men and Satan, men siding with Satan, the partnership will pay for all the sin remitted to the cross. I believe Satan is getting men to die, taking their share of it, so he doesn't have to take it. And that's why he's working so hard. He's passing the judgment to men as his partner. So this is this is the tragedy to, to to yes. So this is the deliverances by judgment. Um it's like let thy judgment save me. Mm. Yeah. 
Uh, well, that's interesting that you mentioned, uh, mentioned that because when you look at a ram, it, it reminds you of the image of Blaphomet with the horns. Correct. And, so and, that's, and, I see the tie in there. That's very interesting. Yes. So um, Psalm 119 verse 175 says, let thy judgments help me. Isaiah 32 verse 1 says, Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness and princes shall rule in judgment. Uh, Mm -hmm. For Psalm 122 verse 5, There are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and the two-edged sword in their hand, to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written, this honour have all the saints. That's Psalm 148, verse 5 to 9. Wow. That's great. That's in a context that I hadn't seen it before. Um, Mm. (laughs) <laughs> so we 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 actually you know vengeance is mine says the Lord, but we are the body of the Lord. So the vengeance is given to the church to do in the name of Jesus. This is the doctrine of judgment. So um, it says here. Um, it says here. Uh, oh, what have we got here? We've got some Ezekiel thirty four sixteen. I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. Uh, Jeremiah twenty five fifteen. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, which means God prevails. Take unto me the wine cup of this fury at my hand, and cause all the nations to high send thee to drink it. And it says, uh, Jeremiah twenty five twenty seven. Therefore thou shalt say unto them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Drink ye, and be drunken, spew, and fall, and rise no more, because of the sword which I send among you. And it shall be, if they refuse to take the cup at thy hand to drink, then thou shalt say unto them, Thus said the Lord of hosts, Ye shall certainly drink. And it is, I believe, the job of the church to make the evil spirits drink their judgment. Drink their judgment. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we need go. to appropriate this with the word. Maybe this can help some people that um, that have been very afflicted, uh, that they can uh, do communion and um, they can, uh, you know, forgive and uh, renounce and repent of any uh, unholy oaths yeah. and uh, forgive those who have despitefully used them or brought uh, or witchcraft against them and uh, mm-hmm. and then ask the Lord to forgive give our sins and, and what next can we go straight to um, to the just even declaring just declaring with our mouth that the enemy shall eat, drink their judgment from now on. Can you break, 
can you break some affliction off with that strategy? Yes. Yes, you can. And th- this is your saved by judgment. Now, what I believe is, is that the devil has people as human shields. How do I say that? We're supposed to put on the righteousness of God in Christ. We put on the Lord Jesus. That's our protective suit that saves us from judgment. Once we have that protective suit on and sitting at the table, we can call down the firepower of heaven to to bring judgment. But if we don't have that protective suit on, the judgment will hit us. And I believe that God who loves us will hold the judgment and it's better to let the spirits be not judged than us to be safe until we get into a place where we're out of the way of the judgment. This is the type and shadow of inside the house with the blood on the door. The angel of the death went over and judged uh, Egypt. So what we, what a lot of things are is if we won't forgive and we're in league with witchcraft or others that are binding us and we haven't got into the the righteousness of God, the right way, the the righteousness of Jesus, we're in the way of the judgment. If we can just get ourselves out of the way, God will drop the judgment on our enemies that are all around us and we will be free. That's that's good. That that reminds reminds me of... uh, when God, I think it was when God was bringing a plague into the camp because of the sin, and Aaron, who was the high priest, went in to stay. I think it was uh, a plague or some kind of judgment that God was bringing on the people. And in that way, he was trying to stop the judgment from coming and killing so many people. I don't know. Do I have that correct? I'm vaguely yeah. familiar with that. Yeah. So it can also yeah. be used used to, to to hold back God's judgment too, I guess, right? Right. I mean, it's the judgment of God. Uh, I read an interesting scripture where, where God is talking to Joshua and he says, don't say when you go into the land that it's your righteousness, Joshua, because of their unrighteousness, you're getting this land. So, mm-hmm. so we have to. So we, we're dealing with the unrighteousness of Satan's kingdom. Now, I can show that God has set up. God has set up judgment for Satan. It's a little-known thing that I got shown. It's a very interesting thing. It, I can share it. It, it. If we take the Ark of the Covenant, right? Now, the Ark of the Covenant was, was to go before Israel over the Jordan. It was actually interesting that the Ark of the Covenant was 2,000 cubits in front of Israel. They were kept 2,000 cubits away from it while it judged the Jordan and parted the waters. Interesting. But inside the Ark of the Covenant, there's something there that I saw that we don't normally see. What was in it? We have the Ten Commandments, right? Mm-hmm. We have we have the manna, the, the bowl of manna, and we have Aaron's rod that budded, right? Right. Now, now all of that is sealed with the mercy of God, the mercy seed, and the blood on top, right? Right. 
But guess what's in Aaron's rod? Judgment. Judgment is the snake. That's right. The snake is bound in a box with the law and the and the broken body, the the bread, and the snake is bound in that judgment. Now yeah. have a look at the guy who, who tried to put his hand on the ark. He died, you know, and he had a good intention. He didn't want it to fall. That is a judgment box, and that is reserved for Satan. I believe it's wow. a type and shadow of the earth because Jesus' blood shed on the top of the earth, the mercy of God on the top of the earth, underneath the earth is hell made for the devil and his angels. So you end up locked in that box. You're locked and bound to the law of God and you will pay. Mm. Yes. Well, we Can just... You, uh, uh, Chuck, I, want, I really want to add this. I want to add this okay. before before we bring somebody on, and um, we've got a we've got one caller that, uh, with a question. But uh, this is just amazing, uh, Brother Peter. Please answer this question for the people. How much is the blood of Jesus Christ worth? Oh man, you just asked me the hardest question because because it's I believe it can't be calculated. It was enough to buy the whole universe, including every single planet, the whole known creation, because it's a bloodline. What is the worth of one living soul? What is the worth of an extinct species? He can't have children anymore. His bloodline was made extinct. Didn't he say, when you resurrected, you're like the angels, you can't have children? It, it caused a vacuum like space, a vacuum of grace, a vacuum of payback. The blood of Jesus can never be paid for, never. It's, it's, it's an impossibility I believe it may be possible, but I can't see it ever. Because if you take one person that could live forever, how much are they worth? Uh-huh. I, I could de- I could describe it like this. You know, we've got Monsanto and we've got GM uh, wheat, and and it's infertile. But when say they they succeeded in making all the wheat in the world infertile, but my grandfather saved one grain in a jar and it came out that we had this one grain in our family of wheat and the government came and it's the one world government say and they came and they took that wheat and they crushed it to to make bread and to see what it was now it can't be planted and it turns out that it was illegal and we go to court and the court says you you stole the wheat pay compensation how much is that one grain of wheat worth they couldn't pay it's it. In, it it's incalculable it's incalculable right and in this way Jesus is the bread of life he's one grain of wheat without the curse of death crushed 
That's so profound. And this relates back to what you um, what you talked about when we first got started today. And, and some people may have missed this, but you said you believed that uh, Jesus Christ came and bankrupted the world. And he yes. bought, he bought all the debt. He bought everything. He bought uh, God's holy people back with his blood and even one drop of that blood has more power than than all the forces of darkness is i mean it's just the fact that it exists it's mere existence and the resurrection power in that um if you want to you you actually you say this so much better than i do <laughs> um but uh <laughs> That, that is it, profound. It's, it's the guilt of the blood is on the head of the demons and men signing with demons. You see, if we have a look at eternal judgment, right? I was asking myself, why are we eternally judged? Why do people die and they're eternally in in in, in judgment? And and then I thought, well, where did that happen? So I had a look. You know, Adam and Eve eat from the tree, right? And um, but it, but it, I believe it wasn't an eternal death because because God said they could have eaten from the tree of life and live forever. Now, if it was an eternal judgment of death, they would never be able to do that. Even though God hid them from eating from that tree, it was still possibility that they could eat from that tree. So the eternal judgment of man is not from the fall. And then the only other place where it could have happened is being guilty for sowing the eternal death of the eternal son. The death of the eternal son. So it's the blood guilt of Jesus that condemns mankind to the eternity, the death of eternity. How's that? It's amazing. I sure hope you come to a follow-up show on this. <laughs> we've we've <laughs> just got so many answers. Uh, I mean, so many questions that need answers. Chuck, do you want to bring um, do you want to bring our caller on? And we are nearing the top of the hour. We can go over ten minutes though, if we need to. Um, but sure. Paula is standing by, and uh, okay. I sure hope you come back, brother. This has been awesome. I'll come me. back. I'll come back. Of course, I'll come back. Good. Well, uh, caller, caller, you're on with Peter Wiffen. Oh, hi, Peter. This is Maria from London speaking. Hello. Hi. How's, How the, you how's the queen going me? over there? <laughs> She's still alive. She's still <laughs> alive. About. Oh, yeah. Yes. She ain't never going to die. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I wish bar- she'd, uh, just barely. I, I wish she'd honor her oath of her, her coronation and protect the gospel, but that's another point. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole no, uh, another t- uh, teaching, I should imagine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what it was, first of all, was one sister's been asking about oaths. Um, she didn't quite understand and wanted to know if um, can one remit somebody else's, from what I understand from the question, is can someone else like say for example me can I um, remit somebody else's um, oath um, with uh, the 
via their sins, um, giving you know their sins to God. Can I intercede for them? Would that um, would it still be held in their account? I think they're kings of their own life, and and a king must remit his own oath. But yes. we still can intercede, and oh. the intercession puts to sleep the evil spirits, which we have full dominion over. But I don't believe we have dominion over others. So we, we have dominion over evil spirits to get them to be quiet so that the person can see. Okay. Yeah. Well, it makes sense to me, so I hope it makes sense to um, the sisters that wrote that in the chat room and was asking. Um, yes. My question was... Um, to do with, if you can tell us just a little bit about generational curses, was that is that all done at the cross? Um, yeah, um, uh, that's a good question to bring up, and uh, that's something that's interesting because we have the uh, we have the prayers to break generational curses. But I started to think about it, and yes, we are affected by generational curses, and and you know the doctor will ask you, do you have uh, history of illness in your family and it passes on and the Bible says the sins of the fathers are visited to the generations <clears throat> but the interesting thing I believe is God repairs this uh, curse by being born again like when we're baptized we die and we're resurrected with Jesus Christ and now we are the bloodline of Jesus Christ so we don't have a generational bloodline curse it died in baptism but we still are receiving the effects of it in our flesh because we have to now get healed and delivered of the effects of those generational curses. Okay. So in one sense, we do, I believe we don't have generational curses. They're dealt with by God's plan of salvation. At the, We are now a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. We're not our own. We're bought with a price we are now translated into the family of the dear son. So we are not, uh, our bloodline is a new bloodline. In fact, we are the flesh and blood of the family of God now. My children are my flesh and blood, and we are the children of God, so we're his flesh and blood. We really are the blood line of yeah. Jesus Christ. So we don't have a generational curse going back to Adam and Eve anymore. Because the seed of Abraham is blessed and not cursed. We're in the seed of Abraham's family. So, yes, but we're still pursued by the spiritual forces of wickedness that, that were acting on those generational curses. Ah, interesting. Very, yes. Because I hear people, you know, praying for generational curses and whatever, you know, as such. And, um, yeah, I was just a little bit confused because it kind of made sense to me if we, you know, that it is, it has all been nailed to the cross. And, Once we um, die, we, yeah. we've died, right? Once yeah. we've died, our bloodline died. <laughs> yes. So if our bloodline died and we've got um, that, we've got um, new blood. So is that new DNA? Yes, it, well, um, you know, DNA might be physical, but uh, but yes, we're, we're, we are the seed now of, in the family of the seed of Abraham, the one seed that had the promise. So I believe we're seeds. 
So you can be planted when you die. It's, the Bible said we're sown corruptible and raised incorruptible. And it depends which of the two seeds you are when you die. So right. in effect, we, we die not with the curse of the bloodline of the old Adamic race. We die under the blessing of the seed of Abraham as a blessed seed. Wow, amen. <laughs> amen. Oh, thank you for that. Yes. It's cool. It's a good question because it can be a rabbit hole thinking, oh, man, have I confessed the sin of my ancestors and have I got the bloodline curse? But yeah. I believe God sweeps it away in the death and resurrection. Don't you know you've been raised with Christ? Yes, it does take that away because um, every time I hear people um, or have heard people praying on that, I've been thinking, well, what, what are my generational curses? And I can see certain patterns but then my family well very few of my family I shouldn't say none are born again and so yeah Mm. that kind of answers the question really I can see it now and I don't have to go down that rabbit hole and think it you know think oh this is on me oh wow I need deliverance for this and for that and you know do you know what I mean it's sort of I know um, and it can be a distraction yeah, and, big time. And, 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 and the key, the key to faith, the key to our faith is the promises of God. And, mm-hmm. and, and look at Joshua. He had the promise of the promised land, right? Joshua, this is your land. I'm yeah. giving it to you, right? But it had giants in it. And we can't say Joshua was cursed. He was blessed with the land. But he had to go and put his foot on it. He had to go and fight, you know, to get this land. There was giants there. And it's yeah. the same with us. We're born again, but now we've got to fight for possession of our land, possession of our body back, our healing and our deliverance. See, there's the promise, by stripes we're healed, and then there's possession of the promise, have I been healed? There's the two are separate. They're, they're related, but separate. Okay, amen. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you for that. Yes. Yes. It's nice to hear your voice, too. Sorry? Praise the Lord for you. Praise the Lord for you. It's nice to hear your voice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cheers. 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 It's always it's always good yeah. to hear you, Sister uh, Maria. Thank you so much for calling in. And, and you, um, Deanna. And, and, and she's just lovely. We tonight. love her. Thank you for the teaching for all of you. Thank you. And I'll say good night. Thank you, Maria. See good you. night, Maria. Good night. Good night. Uh, Brother Whiffin, uh, yeah. would you let the people know uh, about the Zoom? The, the Zoom ministry that you have and where they can um, get get in touch with you there. I think I will try to come over there on Monday, which is I think is my only free day really to do that. But um, that's cool. Maybe, that's, that's Peter Johnson's uh, ministry, my friend's uh, ministry. I go on there sometimes, but uh, oh. they have a really good. Yeah, that's their ministry, uh, Peter. Uh, there's two of us called Peter here in Australia. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he, he he runs the Zoom with a lady named Tracy from the U.S. And uh, that has been a blessing. You know, um, if they go on Facebook, 
uh, it's uh, uh, the kingdoms. Uh, is kingdoms? I'll, I'll get it exactly here uh, on Facebook, and they can they can search that keys to the kingdom, keys to the kingdom on Facebook, and there is a link there to a Zoom, which is has a ladies' night and um, an all day on the weekend. And it's actually open 24 hours a day um, and people can drop in there and talk to each other. And I just like plugging people into that place because they get support there. Oh, well, praise God. And pardon me, I guess I had this mixed up because I thought you were, I thought you were also doing this ministry with him and that's, I, apparently, I we, have we started off together on. doing things, and 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 he has uh, the time and the resource for that, and and he's done a great job with that. Amen. That. Amen. Yeah. One last one last thing I wanted to ask you: how you would appropriate uh, the renunciation or the deliverance from um, unholy oaths? Our fathers have have spoken. For instance, masonry. Um, sure. And and parental dedications, like you get some Hindus that dedicate their babies and all sorts of things. So so you you hand up. You say, God, I give to you all the oaths over my life, made by me, knowingly and unknowingly, and all people in authority over me. I ask you to take them. And I hand them to you and ask you to forgive them for me. That's all. Amen. Then, Amen. then you start fighting. Whatever came in with those oaths, come out of me. I call judgment on the spirits that have come in on those oaths. And you start fighting about it. I call you to come off my life. Let the kingdom of heaven come and execute the judgment written on the spirits behind those oaths in the name of Jesus. We command you, come off my life, stop operating in everyone, known and unknown to me. Start calling God's fire. Start calling, it says where where um, Israel is cleansed by the spirit of burning and the spirit of judgment. I call the spirit of God's burning and the spirit of God's judgment to come and save me. See? It's calling the kingdom to come. Our, our faith is to be in God's kingdom that he sends because it's his good pleasure to send us the kingdom. That's where our faith has to be. And uh, you can call deliverance of your life. You can call amazing things through the weapon of our warfare, which is the finger of God. Jesus said, I cast out devils with the finger of God. That's the kingdom of God. And we call it in. You can call it in on unforgiveness. You can call it in on anything. That God, make me into the person you wanted me to be. Cleanse me from the unrighteous spirits. Let me be filled with love, joy, peace, soundness of mind, all the fullness, all the blessing that you want me to be. I want you. I ask to be appointed to know. I receive the love of the truth. I, I want to be restored. Let me be restored. And then go on a fasting, you know, one or two days a week. Do a fasting and 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 call those types of prayers in. 
Uh, by the way, my, my booklet, Deliverance at the Table, is free. It's um, uh, on my website, hiskingdomstable.com. And anybody wants it there to download a PDF, it's free. Um, if anybody wants prayer, just contact me, uh, Facebook, Peter Whiffin, W-H-I-F-F-I-N on Facebook. I'm happy to pray. Uh, I don't charge any money. It's all free. It's my gift uh, to you and, and to Jesus to help people. So it's all all there if you want to. I pray for you personally and um, help you if I can. Okay. Well, what, what is the uh, – you gave it, and I didn't write it down in time. What is the website where we can order that book? The names. Oh, the that's, uh, of them. that's uh, uh, website is the name uh, is um, the names amplification bible dot com. I'll okay. put it in the Skype for you as well if you like. Now names amplification bible dot com, and it says an order okay. link there to buy pre order, and okay. I haven't worked out the shipping yet. It, it, people are pre-ordering, then we get them in, and and we work out the uh, shipping from there. Uh, for well, the U.S., I'm thinking of bulk bulk shipping them and then separate posting them. And uh, yeah, because uh, I'd like to get a copy of it. I live up here in Alaska, and I imagine the shipping will be out of this world. <laughs> it could be trying to get it up it, here. Yeah, because sometimes be. I go to order stuff. I'll go to order stuff, and they'll say, "Sorry, we do not ship to." Alaska or Hawaii, because of the because it's so expensive, you know. So. Oh. Anyway. Well, but what, I would like what to I'm going to do is I, I, I got some friends in America. You know, I might send a bulk shipment to to them, oh, and I, then and then they'll okay. post them, you know, uh, locally, and uh, I think that'll cut the shipping right down, and um, so we're just going to organise that. Uh, the the printing's about four weeks away. Um, I'm starting to check now. It's checking out very nicely. I'm really pleased with it, and 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 it's pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, sure. I, I'm happy to sign a copy for anybody who buys them. The first ones do if they wish, and I can autograph that copy and uh, might be a collector one later. Me 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 me. Sure. me I've got my hand up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got my hand up. <laughs> me me yeah. yeah. Yes, and with with that, I want to just speak to one more, get one more nugget in here. Um, one of the things that we do in intercession and, 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 you know, helping and praying for other people is interceding at the throne room. In other words, asking the Lord God after renouncing and after repentance and covering all that ground, asking the Lord God to judge a thing, judge the matter and place a seal upon it. And we we seal by the blood of Jesus. That is our well, our 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 inheritance, I guess as you as you would say. So bind loose and seal. And sometimes when you have a really, really difficult, tough case, going to the throne room of God and asking for him to judge a matter and and asking Jesus to intercede for us, and um, 
asking for favor, asking for the Lord to rule in our favor because that 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 accuser of the brethren is always accusing at the throne room of God and we've got to fight back with our intercessor, you know. And I just wonder what you think about that and, and it, if this can be, a, is this applicable also with the removal of curses and oaths as, as you see it from what you have researched? Okay, what what we got is that what we've got is the court case is over. Praise God. The the God of this world is judged. Now we now the accuser of the brethren is cast down. He has to shut his mouth now on the family of Jesus Christ. Because he's got to pay for the crucifixion. Now, there's an interesting passage that I could share out of Jeremiah, which really points to it. Um, It talks about Judah when he went into captivity. And we're from the tribe of Judah, right? So it says in verse 31, and it came to pass. uh, This is, uh, sorry, Jeremiah 52, verse 31. It came to pass in the seventh and thirteenth year of the captivity of Jehoshaphim, the king of Judah, in the twenty-fifth month and the five and twenty-fifth day of the month, that the evil Merdiach, the king of Babylon, in the first year of his reign, lifted up the head of Jehoshaphim, king of Judah, and brought him forth out of prison, and spoke kindly unto him. And set his throne above the throne with the kings that were in with him in Babylon, and changed his prison garments, and he did continually eat bread before him all the days of his life, and for his diet there was a continual diet given him of the king of Babylon every day, a portion until the day of his death, all the days of his life. I believe that God, when we pray, makes Satan bless us. It rubs his nose right in it. So the courtroom is in us. The fullness of the Godhead is in us. The table of the Lord is in the kingdom, and the kingdom is in us. And we can order that. And yes, that is right, but it is not a court case as such, it is an executing of the judgment that's already been passed. The case is closed. Amen. All right. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> I yeah. hate How to let you that? go. I just hate to let yeah. you go. Can everybody, can we all just, you know, can we all just grab onto uh, Peter Whippin's <laughs> leg and beg him, no, don't go, don't go. No, it's been wonderful. <laughs> been wonderful, and I'm going to have you to very much. That was me and Deanna clapping. <laughs> we do oh. we do appreciate it. We do appreciate your coming. Just just amazing, and we will have you back on again. Whatever I and can just, do to help. You know, just... Oh, sure. Oh, yes. So, 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 with that, we're going to say good night and thank you again, Peter, for being with us and for everything that you've shared. And we will have you back again. So right now, we're going to end the program on uh, 
prophetic message, and we're going over to Witness Project, and Pablo will be coming on and teaching. So we thank everybody for being with us tonight, and especially Peter. And we hope you have a great weekend and enjoy the teaching by Pablo. So with that, we will say good night. Good night, Peter. Good night, Diana. Good night, Peter. Thank you God very much. Good night, Diana. Good night.